thanks everyone for tuning in and um if you if you want to hop up on stage uh, after we go through all of the topics um feel free to you can ask any questions you can talk about crypto raiders uh cool ideas you have pretty much anything in the web3 gaming space but we want to just uh give twitter spaces um a, a, a try with some community chats going forward just making it so that uh it's it's more like you know anybody on the community can come up and talk and ask questions um uh, without having to you know hop on camera or, or what have you and also just that we can um you know keep people in the loop uh on what we're doing more often um so hopefully uh by doing it on twitter spaces and 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 building up an audience over time we can get a lot of people uh in the web3 gaming space um you know more interested in uh crypto raiders but we have lots of cool topics to talk about um today in terms of what we're working on um over the next couple of months as you can see in the title we're we got forging um which will be coming into the game soon we have a lot of really exciting stuff happening with the town of portwin um and then we can fill you in on some uh other uh projects that we're working on um currently but yeah let's get started with uh the town of portwin which i think everybody is is really excited about um i'm super excited about but the idea behind the the town of portwin is this is going to be you know crypto raiders first you know like open world town multiplayer uh experience where people can um you know, load into, they can chat, they can have fun, they can trade, they can go fish. Um, but then also we have ideas for how to, you know, really take Town of Portwin to the next level and do some things that um, other games uh, haven't really done yet. And uh, Matt, feel free to chime in at any time when we're, uh, when I'm going through these different things, but. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about Portwin. Been having a blast with the art team. Uh, ideating on the map and, and working on the assets. Uh, you, I don't know if you guys saw earlier today, one of the, the new NPCs that we posted on Twitter, uh, he's going to be the woodcutter um, in Portwin. And, you know, Portwin is really fun because it, it brings the, the Crypto Raiders game really to life, you know, giving that first open world multiplayer experience, you know, where, where players are able to hang out together and, and trade and, and have that feeling of, of an MMO is something that we're, we're really, really excited about. For those of you who don't know, Portwin is going to be a seaside town on the western side of Arium. And we're, we're currently, uh, I believe I've shared it before on our Discord, but we could also share uh, some concepts uh, on Twitter of the overall map of, of Arium. Um, so Portwin will be our first playable part of it. Uh, you know, we plan to launch with fishing, as Nick mentioned, uh, along with uh, forging, which, you know, may, may not be in the initial Portwin experience, but forging will be another um, big, big feature um, that will launch and uh, we're, we're really excited to get uh, a deeper uh, feel for the game into Crypto Raiders. Yeah, and so where we're at so far, um, uh, Tyrael and the art team has been making great progress on the um, like the buildings that are going to go into town of Portwin, but then also the tile set. So Ken, uh, who a lot of you know, um, is is our uh, lead art guy. He's um, working on the tile sets for the town of Portwin and, and you know how uh, much effort Ken puts into these things. So he wants it to be a really uh, rich, uh, exciting um, experience. And <clears throat> the reason why the town of Portwin is coming 
uh, with like fishing, what we're saying when we're, when we're talking about that is that we talked for a while about doing fishing where it was just going to be like a dungeon instance that you would load into just like a normal dungeon. And you would just be there like fishing by yourself and you, you know, throw your rod, you have your bait, yada, yada, you get different types of fish and items. Um, and then, and then you exit the instance, but we really feel like we're, especially with the town of Portland, we're trying to move away from some of these instance experiences and have more open world experiences. So um, Terry and some other people really push for fishing to actually be a part of the town of Portland experience. And what we mean by that is you're not going to go into the town of Portland. You're not going to go up to like the fishing NPC and then like say, I want to go fishing and you load off into an instance on your own. It'll be much more like, you know, Stardew Valley-esque fishing where it's just natively integrated into the map. Um, and then also because of that, it makes like fishing have the potential to be like a multiplayer social experience as well. So you could be, you know, fishing at a certain spot with you and your friends just hanging out. So we really felt like integrating fishing, fishing natively into the uh, like the open world experience was the right move. So really excited um, about that and, and, and what the possibilities create. But um, and, and uh, the art team's working on all of that as well. And I think the game design team pretty much has fishing uh wrapped up right Daryl? yeah the fishing stuff is wrapped up from a game design perspective and it, it's exciting you know having that experience where you're able to, to fish with other people right if, if you're fishing by yourself i mean that's just kind of lame right so us being able to incorporate it into into a social experience is really exciting you know with each different uh, fishing spot so uh, you know the pond versus the the dock versus the river each having its own unique type of fish um, and you know requiring different types of, of rods and, and levels to, to access those different points so pretty pretty exciting stuff that we're, we're finally getting fishing um, off, off the ground I know everybody's been you know dying for it since uh, Ken's mock-ups back in uh, man was that October November yeah, it'll be nice if we can hit it on the one year anniversary. That'd be exciting. But um, uh, yeah, so in, in terms of the the progress on development of Town of Portwind, so uh, originally we were going to look at, you know, building this whole multiplayer, uh, you know, experience uh, and, and just like custom coded all ourselves. But someone on our team found a great solution um, that's actually used by a lot of projects that makes this whole you know, multiplayer interaction and tracking where everybody is on the map and making sure everything's accurate. Um, uh, it, it takes a lot of that legwork out. So we're, we're currently working on proof of concepts um, with that solution. Um, at, at first, we're just going to try to get some, you know, Crypto Raiders running around. Um, uh, but then, you know, once we've uh, making some decent progress there, then we'll start to bring in some of the tile sets and the building assets and start laying out the town. Um, but then before we release this, we want to get fishing uh, natively into the open world experience as well um, as trading. And I think trading is going to be a key um, economic unlock for the game. Um, it's it's not only going to create a social experience, but it's going to create a whole like, you know, fun economic experience as well, um, where you can, you know, you can trade weapons with people, you can trade them an item and they can just give you Aurum back. Um, all sorts of things, but I think getting that that economic activity through trading is going to be really, really exciting. And then that's what that's going to be the MVP for the town of Portland. 
So it's really going to be just an awesome like visual place with lots of buildings that yeah, and like an awesome laid out town that people can hang out with. It's by uh, the water, as Matt said. That's why you can go fishing and you can go trading. And that's going to be the MVP uh, release. And then we're going to start to integrate uh, more game mechanics into the game so that the town of Portwin is like where you naturally load into when you're playing Crypto Raiders. And then you go, if you want to go forging, you can do that. Um, you know, if you want to go to Laz, that's an actual building instead of just like in a dashboard. So after we get the MVP out, we'll start to integrate more of the game mechanics into the town. And then once we have that done, looking farther ahead, uh, and once again, when we're saying looking farther ahead, this is these are exciting ideas that we're looking to build, but these aren't things that are, you know, we're going to get done with the MVP or in the first three months. We just want to talk to you all about uh, the direction that we're going and the cool opportunities that we see. So one really cool opportunity that we see um, when we're looking at RPGs and like, you know, Web3 gaming and some unique things that we can do that not a lot of other games do, but some do actually a pretty decent job of this, like Albion Online. But we really want to push the envelope on uh, player-owned buildings in the town of Portwin um, and basically allow players through a leasing system instead of permanent ownership, rather a leasing system, because uh, we think if people can permanently own things, it can create all sorts of you know awkward things versus if a player can lease a building or a guild can lease a building for six months or a year, um, it just means if they're not using it properly, um, or if they're, uh, you know, or, or if the town doesn't want them, we can talk about that later. Like there's, there's ways for buildings to come in and out of the town instead of it just being permanent ownership. But the idea is, is that we want players to be able to own the buildings and have all sorts of different experiences. So they could have like a guild town hall where their guild all loads into that building and maybe they have additional storage there all the way from players able to own uh, trading shops, essentially, where they have a uh, uh, they can load items and in, in cost and in, in price out different items in a player owned shop and other players can come and buy and sell things from them. And that's actually why, if you notice, we've been saying we want trading in the town of Portland and not an auction house. And that's for multiple reasons. One is, is that we think trading creates a social experience. If any of you have played Diablo 2, you will remember the, like that, that trading added this interesting experience that if you play with modern day RPGs and you do the auction house, auction houses are just very transactional, right? It's like, I want to buy this thing. What's the lowest price? Um, and there's zero social interaction versus uh, with trading, there can be people that are really good traders and they know how to, you know, arbitrage prices and yada, yada, yada. Um, but if there's also player owned buildings, then player owned buildings kind of act as like pseudo auction houses with a little bit more friction, which like creates interesting things. Right. So for example, a guild could, uh, be really good at forging. And so they have just all of the great forging items that you can get in their, you know, player owned building and and just any players can come in there and they can interact with the npc inside and buy and sell things from them um and on the note of npcs basically we would want all like almost all uh npc experiences in the in the game to actually be like controlled by players we think it's really cool if the entire economy of a town is is ran by players instead of you know, players just being able to have a guild hall and there's just NPCs that are doing all of the economic activity. We think it's way cooler 
if um, players are doing most of the economic activity in a town. And then just a last thing to touch on, once again, looking even farther ahead, we could eventually get to a spot where if we have mo multiple towns in crypto raiders, players could essentially like uh, join a town. And it wouldn't be something that you could just switch on the fly. Like you would decide what town you want to be a part of. That's where you would spawn into whenever you spawn into the game. Um, and through that, you could actually eventually have town governance where um, the players in a town could put a 1% transaction tax on everything that happens in the town and then use those funds to do all sorts of interesting things in the game. That's looking super far ahead. But just to recap, the town of Portwin MVP is getting this open world uh, interactive experience with fishing and trading in it. And then from there, we're going to integrate more game mechanics to the town and then looking farther ahead, getting cool, uh, testing out cool concepts like player owned buildings. Yeah, I think that, you know, the, you know, talking about the, the player owned economy and, you know, having players own different aspects like, you know, trading halls and things opens up a lot of really cool possibilities when you think about, you know, as the, the game continues to expand and different regions open up, you know, perhaps Portwin, you know, has, you know, specifically, you know, things that relate to, to the ocean and, you know, like fishing is better in Portland versus, you know, in a, in a new instance or town that's, you know, across the map, right? So maybe resource costs fluctuate between areas based on how you have to travel between them, right? Um, things like, you know, the, the player-owned housing is, is really cool too, just because not only the customization that, you know, and ownership that players could have, you know, over the housing, but, you know, what if you could, you know, even help shape, the way that the town is built, right? You know, you had the ability to kind of like place your 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 plot of, of your building, your plot in a specific place within a neighborhood in the town. So I think there's a lot of really fun things that we can do to, to incorporate, you know, the community while we continue to build out these experiences and make sure that it feels, you know, very community owned and built. Yeah, very well said. Um, and yeah, so that's the, uh, the, the town of Portland update that, uh, a lot of the team is working on right now and we're very excited about. So we'll continue to give more details as we're expanding uh, and, and building all of that and uh, get closer to launch. Um, then another project that we're working on, the game design team is almost done with this one, um, but it is our, our, our forging system. And our forging system will likely la launch potentially before the town of Portwin, um, just as a, you know, as a UI option in our current dashboard. And then after we get town of Portwin up, we'll have like a building where you actually can go do forging in the town, which will be very cool. Um, but right now, um, the, as I said, the game design team is almost done. And uh, we have the art team already working on the assets for forging. Um, and then last but not least, of course, our devs will, um, you know, code in all of the logic and, and work on integrating it into um, our backend and get it live. So how forging will work is you're going to take, uh, first off, what you can craft out of the gate is it's between like six to eight different types of helmets. Um, and these different types of helmets will be geared towards um, different, uh, uh, you know, stat affinities. So there'll be helmets that would, you know, work better for a druid or for um, a barbarian potentially. Although we'll probably see a lot of overlap where certain classes may wear a different type of helmet just because they're trying to get stat points in a different um, section. But what you will do is you'll take three items, you'll put them into the forger, um, and then based on the items that you put in, 
um, you're going to get some, uh, you're going to get a helmet as an output. Um, and there's a chance to roll a common, an uncommon, an epic, or a rare, but it's going to depend on the input that you put into the forging uh, system. So, for example, if you throw in uh, three common items, right, your chance of getting like a common or a rare um, are, is going to be much better, uh, or, or sorry, much worse than if you put in like three epic items, your chance of getting an epic output is, I think, 100%. Um, there's also a chance for a forge to fail, and that will be dependent on also what items you are putting in there. Um, so, you know, if you put a bunch of commons in there, your chance for, fa to fa uh, for failure will be much higher uh, than if you put like three rares or three epics. But uh, there'll, there'll be all sorts of different intricacies in the system. So you're not going to just see everybody, you know, throwing in, you know, three rares. Um, there's all sorts of interesting scenarios that can come out of it. There's also eye-level progression of the items. And why this is important is if you were just throwing in three, um, you know, eye-level five uh, weapons and then you uh, forge it and you get out an eye-level five uh, helmet, well, if you're used to rocking eye-level 28 gear, that's pretty much useless to you. So based on the eye-levels that you put into the forger, um, <clears throat> you'll get a, a, a slightly higher eye-level item um, and then, uh, you can kind of, you know, work your way, um, up. So you're not just going to have to, th you, you don't only have the option of throwing in eye level 28 items to, uh, get a great eye level 28 helmet. You can throw in, you know, three eye level 22, uh, 22 items and turn them into an eye level 20, you know, four helmet. And you can kind of go through the forging process with all of this gear that you don't want and, and craft up to some really awesome, um, different type of uh, helmet gear. So we think this is going to be a great, um, you know, starting crack at the forging system. Also for people that are sitting on a lot of gear, this is a great way for you to use the forging system to get rid of all of this inventory you have no use for uh, to get items that'll be great. And then these great items can help you progress deeper in content um, and, and get even more gear for your other slots. So um, really excited about the forging system. We probably have about a week left of optimization on the game design team. And I think the art for it is probably a week or two away. Um, so, uh, you know, once we get it to the dev team and give them a scope of work, they'll have a much better idea of how long this will take. But um, <clears throat> it's not a crazy complex um, feature add. Uh, so we're looking forward to getting it into the game, um, you know, within the next two months. Yeah, another cool thing about, you know, the the forging system and, you know, maybe this is just, you know, me from a weird cosmetic perspective, but I, I love that we're getting, you know, helms and, and hats into the game. Um, it opens up, you know, a lot of fun and particularly going into port when, you know, that additional piece of gear will be, you know, very fun to have on, on the Raiders outside of, you know, just the combat and, you know, game progression that comes with it. But yeah, I'm excited for for forging and uh, clear out some of the you know those older items and try my role at glory for that epic. Um, you know, I think it's a it's a fun mechanic as well to have that chance of break. That way, you know, you're not able to just consistently spam common items uh, and, and get you know a great result after so many rolls. So, I'm really excited for the forging system to to drop. And also with forging, we plan on launching boots. So boots would be something that. We're talking about having drop in endless dungeon, uh, but that would be another you know stat enhancer 
that would drop simultaneously and uh, go with that, that forging launch. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, me personally, you know, when you get like, you know, back to back three comments kind of sucks, but if you can throw it into the, into the, you know, forging system and, you know, maybe you roll an uncommon helmet and you can stack a couple of those and get a rare helmet, like you'll at least get some value out of like items that uh, are otherwise just, you know, sitting there and, and, and collecting um, dust, but yeah, we'll keep you uh, in the loop once we have a more concrete timeline on that, but um, it's progressing very well through the game design team. And our game design team uh, as a whole is getting better and better with each of these features um, to just have a uh, like fully hammered out system that is easier for our team to, to implement. So uh, forging should be coming in, in, in not too distance of the future. Um, next on the list, I wanted to talk about mobs because there's been lots of questions um, about mobs from our, our community. And I think it's like really important that uh, we discuss where we're at with mobs and, and where we see mobs going. Um, in the future. So first and foremost, mobs are due in an Aurum airdrop for all of the uh, endless dungeons that have been running. Uh, that's long overdue. That's definitely on me. I've just been heads down on some um, other uh, other things we've been trying to do. So we will uh, 100% be getting a mobs airdrop uh, before the end of the month. Um, but then to give everybody an idea of like strategically how we're um, looking at mobs, um, we consider like the success of mobs to be highly correlated to the success of the game, right? Like if you own um, a enemy mob in a game with 2000 players, what does that look like versus owning a mob in a game that has 20,000 or 200,000 players, right? So the success of mobs is highly correlated to the success of the game. And that's why we've been really pushing to get the game into Unity, to start getting lots of feature updates and new experiences into the game, because a more successful Crypto Raiders game means that mobs themselves are more successful. But that doesn't mean that we're not looking right now at things that we want to do for mobs. So one of the biggest things that we're doing that's on uh, the more immediate roadmap is once we get Town of Portwin and, and Forging out of the way, we're taking another look at Endless Dungeon 2.0. And we want to greatly improve the experience of Endless Dungeon 2.0. We don't want it to make this uh, it a linear, you're just loading in from one battle screen to the next. We want to make it a much more rich and fun game mode. Um, and through that, more people will be playing that mode. Uh, Matt also talked about the fact that we will be dropping boots into Endless Dungeon, which will make it even more viable um, but then we're also looking at improved mechanics that make the mobs integration much cleaner, where the mobs may also be getting almost an item sacrifice uh, from the Endless Dungeons. So this is uh, Endless Dungeon 2.0 is still with the game design team. It's a very big project, so we're still hashing out um, a, a lot of the finer details, um, but that's going to be a um, <clears throat> big uh, update uh, that will, I think, greatly help mobs. And then we're also looking at how we can integrate mobs into new game modes entirely. Um, this is very early on in the conceptual phase, but we're looking at a, I would call it sort of like a, uh, maybe a combination of a game like uh, a, a base building game and a tower defense game uh, in a sense, uh, but you know the mobs would be the ones attacking. So we're exploring um, all sorts of, uh, you know, deeper integrations with mobs into new uh, game types. Um, but on the short-term horizon, it's about getting mobs uh, the airdrop and then improving 
um, Endless Dungeons 2.0, so that as the Crypto Raiders game grows and Endless Dungeon is a big part of it, um, mobs get more and more utility that way. Um, and then, uh, you know, as we look ahead into 2023, looking at, you know, bigger integrations with mobs will be very exciting. But uh, I, I definitely think that, um, you know, mobs is something that we have to be patient on um, in, in terms of getting it to a, a spot where it's very well integrated with the game, but that the game itself is successful. Um, because at the end of the day, we need a successful game for uh, there to be utility for owning an asset inside of that game. Yeah, I'm excited for the possibilities with Endless Dungeon 2.0. You know, just, you know, our conversations with game design have been, you know, really exciting about that. You know, adding in uh, addition, you know, player agency to those to those dungeons and having those those choices influence the the outcome of, of different results. You know, having little different um, brand new experiences within the Endless Dungeon that, uh, you know, are... are by chance that maybe you, you aren't able to always have, you know, that could be really fun. For example, you know, maybe there's a, a traveling merchant that, you know, comes through the endless dungeon that sells a transmog potion, you know, and you could, you could have an undead Tammy uh, or an undead, um, you know, character in some way, right. That would be really fun. So I think there's a lot of possibilities there. And, you know, just to reiterate what Nick said, you know, we, we really value the, you know, mobs and uh, we know the community values them and we just want to make sure that we deliver, uh, on a, a really good uh, outcome for those mobs and incorporate them into the game in a good way. Yeah. One, one of the, the symptoms of, you know, developing, you know, crypto raiders and um, it, it, is that since we've been a, you know, a live development game, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that we've, you know, tried to get into the game and it's not that they were half-assed. It's just that, for the first six months of building Crypto Raiders, we were a very small team. The project didn't get a lot of attention. And we really started getting attention in, in December of last year. And we've spending, been spending a lot of time just getting our core game infrastructure uh, up to speed and, and, and much uh, on a much cleaner system and get the features that we're working on to be a lot um, more fun and exciting features instead of just getting things into the game that are almost like, you know, uh, band-aids or, or quick little patches. Uh, we're really trying to take the, the perspective across the board of like, we, we need to be really making, you know, game mechanics and feature additions that are really fun and, and net value adds to the game. And we've been getting a lot better uh, over that uh, or, or doing that rather over the last three months, I would say. The previous six months, you know, at some point, we were we we're kind of running around with like a chicken, like our head cut off at some points in time. We had scaled the team very aggressively. Um, we were trying to work on lots of different things. And I think we're just getting better over time at, at, at trying to do, you know, bigger, more significant things that will have a long term impact instead of, you know, quick fi fixes here and there. And, and that's sort of what we're talking about with with mobs. Uh, but once again, we really need a successful Crypto Raiders game that has lots of players for mobs to be, um, you know, something that has a lot of utility and something that we can do a lot of fun and cool things with. There's a lot, uh, you know, more exciting future for for mobs if we can get Crypto Raiders um, to, to a much bigger game size. Um, looking at some other things that we're uh, working on. So right now we're currently building out the Paladin and the Knight class. In the Paladin and the Knight class, they both work off of pretty fun uh, and, and unique energy systems. 
Uh, so Paladin uh, works sort of like a, a sliding scale to the left and the right. Um, and, and to the right is like a holy paladin and to the left is like a corrupted paladin and different talents that you use will kind of shift you further to the holy or the corrupted side. And when you're on one side of the, the other, you kind of like if you're all the way on the corrupted side, you can't really use holy abilities anymore, or at least your, you know, holy abilities now kind of do the corrupted version of it, if that makes sense. Um, and then knights work off of a complete unique energy system as well. So we think those are going to both be very fun additions to the game. So those are both completely done by the game design team and they're currently in development. Uh, and the art team has all the assets ready for that. Um, and then after that, we're going to work on um, tier two of classes. So tier two on the talent tree. I'm really excited about this because it's going to create a lot more optionality and a lot more differences in builds between all of these classes. Right now, all of the classes, you really have a choice of three different talents, right? And then like buffing, you know, one or two of them. So even though we have different flavors with the classes, there's a lot of overlap between classes. Once we get tier two out, there's going to be a lot more depth and different uh, builds that people can come out with. So I'm very excited to do that. Uh, but then many of you may wonder, well, like if I only have four talent points, like how am I really going to get into tier two of classes? So what we're looking to do is we're looking to shift uh, that where you start getting classes like all the way down to level five. Because if you think about it, you know, the game's going to become a lot more fun to be a class. So we want people to quickly get into the class system. Uh, but that also means if you're at like, you know, level 12, you're going to have seven uh, or, or more rather, maybe like eight talent points to uh, allocate to. So you'll be able to get deeper into the, uh, the tiers of classes. So really excited for that to come out. Um, I think that will most likely be coming into the game sometime in September. So really excited to get those two new classes out. Yeah, the talent tree is really exciting just because, you know, the deeper we get, the more flavor that each each class will get. And it, it sort of behaves in, in the way that we intend and unlocks. Right. Um, you know, for example, the you know, the wizard's silence you know, will make sense later down the line when there's abilities that will couple with that. And, you know, speaking about the talent tree in general, one thing that we uh, wanted to think about as well is, you know, what will dungeon experiences look like in the future, right? What will gameplay look like? And, uh, you know, thinking about multi-ally and multi-enemy um, battles and making sure that we're building those abilities, you know, to not just have singular targeted effects, but, you know, also global effects as well um, to, to make sure we're preparing for that next iteration of combat yeah exactly because like a, a knight having a taunt is completely useless in a 1v1 scenario but if it's you know three raiders on the screen versus three other raiders or three enemies a a knight being able to taunt uh and force all of the enemies to attack them and you know the druid can throw a shield or heal um you know the the uh the, the interactions and like the variability and the and the fun factor really go up there so actually on that note we have um our unity team working on a proof of concept for the multi-ally and multi-enemy dungeon um we already have that uh that system kind of uh, our current combat system built to handle that there just may be some tweaks here and there but we're working on a proof of concept and if that goes well then with the next content release you should expect uh um, some different dungeon types, right? Where you can go in with with three raiders and and do some more complex uh, dungeon battles, and through that get some uh, even cooler gear. Um, we're also looking ahead uh, uh, to later this year to get some special events and and different fun experiences into the game. 
one of them may come in the town of Portwin. There's rumors of a wishing well or something like that that may be coming down the road. Um, but uh, we're also looking at some some different special events and and dungeons to do later this year. We had a lot of fun doing the Halloween event last year and the Christmas event. Um, and, and we think there's, there's more cool stuff that we can do like that, that can, uh, you know, drop unique loot and, um, and fun things like that. We're actually looking at some NFT projects where we could do a special event dungeon that's, that's themed for that NFT project. We're, we're early in the concept phase on that, but, um, we're, we're looking through some fun additions to that as well. Um, but yeah, so that's all of the updates for the, uh, what we're working on, um, in the game itself. Oh, the one big thing that we left off uh, that we've been working on pretty extensively is a big rework to the combat stat system. Um, we're moving to a combat stat system that's going to have magic and physical damage. It's going to have magic and physical defense. And it's going to have stats work a lot more like RPGs that we're used to, where they really only influence one thing instead of uh, these complex formulas. So it's really hard to understand how to build your character um, if you're looking for more or less of something with with this combat stat system, if you want more HP on your raider, it's going to be very uh, like easy to understand what is the most optimal way to do that. Um, there's also things like the combat stat rework is going to be adding, um, you know, damage to items and, and different things or sorry, damage to weapons specifically and different things like that. Uh, but it's a big rework and we really want to do this properly so that we don't have to do combat stat reworks every three months like we've been doing previously. We really want this to be a system that can last us for years. So we're really taking our time on it. It's currently an in, internal testing um, and we're working through some different issues um, because like all of the combat formulas have to change when the stats change and this different stuff. So I imagine we're, we're going to be in internal testing for at least a couple of weeks and then we'll move that over to our community testing. Um, and then if that all goes well, we'll eventually take it live um, into the game. Um, but yeah, unless you have anything else, Tyrael, um, that that's it for uh, the update from the Crypto Raiders team side. And if anybody wants to come up on the stage um, and ask questions uh, about the game, or if you have ideas for the game, um, things that you like, um, things that you think could make the game much better. Um, really, anybody and everybody can hop up. And if you're too shy to uh, come up on Twitter spaces, that's totally cool. You can always just drop uh, a message or a question in the general chat of Discord, um, and and we'll talk about it and answer it on stage. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought the, uh, the magic versus physical damage and the stat rework. I'm, I'm excited about that, too, because it plays just like the, the tier two talents and, and unlocking more of the talent tree, right. Is it makes those classes feel a lot more unique, you know, a wizard really feeling like a wizard blasting people down with, you know, magic damage. And it opens up like all these complexities that can come with, with team battles, right. You know, you, you have your physical damage guy, your magic damage guy, a tank, a healer, it gives you that full combat feel. So I, I I'm really excited about that. Um, Dedoy's got a question in discord. Um, any update on quant hiring? Um, you want to take this one, Nick? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we haven't made a hire on that yet. We got some um, interesting candidates, but right now we currently have a contractor um, that's that's doing most of our number modeling, and he's doing a, a, a great job right now. Um, but we still have that position open. 
Um, so if the right person comes across, we, we would definitely look at bringing them in because we could use additional help for sure. But right now we already have a contractor that's doing a good job of, of handling that. So we're, we're being patient with the, the right type of um, uh, hire there. Um, and then uh, Hefe had a, a question, but I'll, I'll, kick to, um, I'll kick to some of the people uh, up on stage. What's up, Merrick? How you doing, man? What's up? What's up? Hey, everybody. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm just, I got a move that's kicking my ass. So the last month uh, and a half, I've just been MIA because I have to like, I'm moving to another city. So I got a lot of uh, stuff to do. Good luck, man. Um, Thanks, dude. But yeah, no, uh, great to, I always love the Twitter spaces. I always love the updates. So glad to hear all this stuff. But uh, it's actually interesting that you guys talked about maybe just at least for now doing trading instead of auction house like that's the aim and i agree in terms of a lot of the stuff uh, that you said it being more social the friction being good um, because obviously interacting with the interface could also lead to a bunch of problems people like botting or people trying to like uh, you know it, it just becomes less of a game and more of just the money side um, and actually probably removing from the money side and probably opening up so many, um, you know, exploitable things or just unfun aspects of the game. Um, but the only question I have about trading, uh, the only reference I have to something like that is RuneScape and like old school RuneScape before the Grand Exchange, if anybody remembers, where people would yell like... Uh, I don't know, mithril bars for, you know, this amount of GP or whatever um, trading. So, but but what I remember with that, and if anyone remembers RuneScape, is just there's a lot of spamming of chat. And I guess my concern is less about the spamming of chat because that's tied with users, but will there be a chat system for trading or will it be more personal and will it be tied more towards Discord and stuff like that? Because honestly, for... For me personally, I see a big part of CR's activity coming from um, trading. I've always had that, and I think you guys know I've always been an advocate of like trading and you know loot being dispersed around and professions and all that. I think that's when it comes to Web three RPG. I think that is a very very fundamental pillar um, and big uh, indicator of success of the game. So uh, very curious about that. Yeah, yeah. And we look at it the exact same way as well. I mean, I think that um, <clears throat> trading just just makes it a, a lot more fun of uh, a mechanic. And there's all sorts of interesting things that can arise from it. I, I loved RuneScape classic trading and uh, Diablo trading as well. And then <clears throat> eventually with player owned buildings, there'll still be spots like if you need to pick up potions, you know what I mean? Like you can go to a you could go to a player owned building and you could pick up materials if they're selling materials and stuff like that. So there'll still be markets that like you know, you can't, you can get stuff if there's no one there to trade with, but yeah, uh, we think there's a lot of interesting, uh, opportunities. If you focus on trading, you don't have an auction house to start. Um, but in terms of the chat systems, uh, yeah. So we're, we're currently looking at that. Like, I don't think we want to be doing like, you know, proximity voice chat or anything crazy like that. And I do think that there's a good amount of people that will kind of initiate their trades like on discord, you know what I mean? They'll be like, hey, I'm looking for this. Does anyone have this? And someone on Discord says, oh, yeah, I have that rare helmet. Actually, like, does this one look good? And, you know, someone's like, yeah, uh, what time could you meet up in game? Right. And they like meet up in game 
and make the trade. I think that uh, a lot of the you know trading um, uh, early on could work like that. Um, but then we can also have like an in-game you know chat system. Of course, spamming is always going to be an issue, and you can you know kind of mitigate that if you have uh, you know the ability for people to mute in and out of channels so they're not you know not seeing global chat; they're only seeing um, party chat. But yeah, we'll definitely have a chat system uh, in place. But I, I definitely think that. In, until we get to a point where there's just, you know, hundreds of concurrent uh, players just always sitting in the town of Portland, like, you know, ready to trade. I do think a lot of people will be like, uh, you know, initiating or finding items that they're interested in, like through Discord, um, you know, by posting like a looking for, um, you know, sort of message and then like going into the game itself to like, you know, execute the trades. Yeah, I think for definitely for now, but also for the future, I think Discord could be very cool for that. And maybe different channels for different things because my mind is always thinking future like blacksmithing, uh, tailoring, like specific professions where people craft a specific item for other players. And maybe, exactly, where like they don't have it like in stock, they actually yeah. have to like custom craft it. Yeah, and then you have like a blacksmithing channel. So if anyone wants a blacksmithing piece, they go into that channel. So yeah, it could be cool. That's cool. Yeah, definitely, uh, man. Really excited for you to get your move uh, squared away and then and then see more of you. Always love like talking with you and all the value you bring. Yeah, dude, for sure. Love it. All right. That's it for me. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, Runner 5, you got a, you got a question, man? Yep. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you to you and the team. You guys have done a really great job overall. Like I think a lot of people, because of some delays that I wouldn't necessarily say are your fault or anyone else's fault, they get upset because they want something now and they don't understand the time and effort that it takes to coordinate and build what you guys are building. So kudos to you guys for continuing to build, especially in the market the way it is. Um, but I just wanted to kind of ask some questions regarding some of the things that you guys had discussed earlier. Like when you talk about the player owned buildings and leasing, are those assets that you guys think that you'll create? Or I, I, I thought at some point you guys had discussed a different NFT project like worldwide web or something. Um, so I didn't know if you guys were going to be importing other projects assets in there or if you guys were creating your own essentially uh, smart contract or whatever for, for that portion of the game that you guys are looking to build in. Yeah, fantastic question. So, um, yeah, so first off, thanks for, uh, you know, telling us we're, we, we've been doing a good job and working hard. I, I take a lot of responsibility personally for kind of overstretching um, all of the things that we were talking about and, and stretching it beyond our ability to get all this stuff done. I just think like in a bull market and when everyone's excited and things are moving, it's really, really fun to just talk about like all of the things that we, you know, can do, especially when, you know, you're more, when, you know, me personally, I'm more green to game development and how long some of these take uh, to like build properly. And I think we're getting much better, as I said, over the last three months of just like understanding what we can accomplish, what the priorities are, um, et cetera, et cetera. So for the player owned buildings, um, they, uh, it would be like all through, um, like a smart contract that, that we would, um, we would set up and we would make it so that, um, uh, you know, you could, you could load in your own, like game building asset if you wanted like a more custom design as long as it you know fit like into the theme of the game like if it looked like you know is like a you know a space building it may not fit into the town of portland like aesthetics but uh like we, we still have to fully work out the details but like essentially how like a leasing nft would work would be like um 
you know, an auction system. So you'd be like, okay, this plot or this building, um, you can, you can buy a lease for this building for a year. Um, and it could be done via an auction system. And then whoever wins that, um, wins that auction, they would get like a lease NFT that would have like, a you know, a duration or a, a time remaining, uh, like metadata on the NFT so that people could even trade leases, um, just like you can do with like cars in real life. Like just cause you're in a lease, you can still trade a lease. You can, you know, sell a lease, you can buy a used lease. Um, so allow people like if they, um, you know, win an auction for a piece of land and they, you know, use it or, or a building and they use it for like three months and they don't like it. Uh, they could sell it to someone and that other person could, could, uh, use that for like the remaining, uh, you know, nine months, uh, of the lease. And, and then basically we would, we would give like different options. So, you know, it could be a, a guild hall where your guild has a bunch of storage, or you could, um, basically make it like a, a marketplace trading shop where you could load in your own items and set costs for them. And then other players could come in and, uh, and buy them. And you would almost be like a, you know, a shop manager, you'd go in, adjust your prices if you want, add more inventory, um, that, that players could come and buy from. Um, but if you're also talking about just like how web three, uh, looks at like interoperability, there's, there's definitely things that we think we could do there. That's like very excited, but like for the MVP out of the gate, it will, it will only work with like crypto Raiders assets, um, and then we'll, we'll look at the best way to like expand from there. Okay. And then to, a follow-up question to that is on the interior of the buildings, is that can be like kind of like in the city where you're walking around, you can go from room to room, you can kind of like explore like the floor plan kind of thing. Um, and then if, if that is the case, I, I think it'd be kind of a neat idea, especially with so many people that are in so many different NFT projects, like especially the PFP ones to be able to potentially like have your account that's already linked to your wallet to read whether or not it has certain assets. And then they can like kind of display it in there. Right. Like as a, a picture on your wall. Oh yeah. Like I could have like a, like a, a building and it could, I could have my uh, Moonbird on the wall. Right. Or, you know, maybe you're a guild and you love cool cats. Right. And you kind of have like a cool cat uh, themed interior. Like there's all sorts of cool things that we can do um, uh, like that. I, I love that idea. Okay. And then the only other question that I have right now is, um, I know you talked about having Laz is having his own building, his own NPC and a lot of the other things as well. And that when you spawn in with your character, you'll spawn in like inside the map already. Um, so my question would be like, are you guys going to have an NPC that we can go talk to, to switch out which character that we're on, like in the overworld, or is that going to be like a menu selection, um, that you can do without having to go to an NPC? And then regarding the, dungeons um will because I, I i i like unity but i like the old way too um where everything i could see at once you know and so i don't know if there's a way to like do the npc that opens up kind of like that menu where you can see your raiders and kind of go through and, and choose which one you're going to send off or go do a quest with yeah i think we got a little too cute with like our first unity um like load in like main menu if you want to call, call it or loading screen that you want to call it mm -hmm. so i i 100 think that like as we move more and more of the game into the open world and like originally or at first into the town of portwin then that means that we can kind of shift uh the the load in ui and just make it a lot a lot simple and a lot cleaner. Like it's, it's cute that like the characters walk around on the screen, but like practically 
it can be a, a little like frustrating, annoying. So like, yeah, like I don't want you to have to go through this whole process if you want to load out of one Raider and go into another Raider, like into the town of Portwin, right? It should literally be like you hit like log out, you know, and you, or load out and you load out to a screen where you can just easily select the Raiders that you want to go in with next and then just load right back in. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll stop talking. Um, but again, I just can't thank you guys enough for the game that you guys are pushing out and for the amount of effort you guys have put in over the past year. Thanks. And yeah, we're really, uh, we're really going to be here for years to come. It's, it's funny now, like we're already like looking ahead to 2023 and how we want to expand the team and, and, the, the key hires that we need to keep in place. And, and it, yeah, it's very much turning into a business, but it's so much fun. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, we've been doing this for like a year uh, with the size of our team. Now we've been doing, you know, this for about, you know, seven or eight months. And I think that we just keep learning and we're going to keep getting better and uh, just become a better game studio. That's, that's cranking out cool content that um, everyone can enjoy. Um, and I know we got some questions in the discord. So I'll just, um, um, run through them right now. Um, Hefe said, any updates on the LP rewards uh, bonds or uh, economy improving? Uh, fantastic question. Um, there's a lot that I think that we need to change there and optimize, um, especially when we're looking ahead. Um, and there's all sorts of problems that we need to fix and improve on. Like right now, just like, you know, how Aurum is is like working in the economy in crypto raiders. I think there's a lot of improvements that we can make to that as well. The most important thing that I like wanted to consider, especially as we were going into this overall crypto bear market, is to not make any knee-jerk changes while we're in this bear market uh, without fully thinking things through because it's very easy for people to get, you know, spooked right now in a bear market and you can't blame anyone. And so we really want to make sure that like the changes and improvements that we make are good for a multi-year horizon and that we've really thought them out and that we can really convey why these changes are a net win to the community. So we're taking our time with that. I know it's not ideal, but um, like we've, we've really only had the current existing system for about a year right now. Um, and you know, things like, for example, LP rewards have a four year horizon. So we have plenty of time to make improvements to that, that are, you know, better for the ecosystem as a whole. Um, but it's something that we're definitely looking at and making sure that we do properly. Um, and then also it ties back into like the similar thing that I was saying around mobs, which is that, uh, we really have to focus on making the game and the game experiences that we have attract a lot of players because at the end of the day, that's what makes the whole ecosystem work across all of our assets. And if we don't have that, then we're kind of just, you know, changing things that, uh, you know, aren't going to make that, that huge impact across the board, but we're very much looking at improving the system though. This, the system just overall where it is right now isn't ideal. And I'm fully aware of that. And the team's fully aware of it. We just want to make sure that we handle uh, the changes and improvements like, you know, really methodically instead of just trying to, um, you know, put on a bunch of uh, um, band-aids to it. Um, and then uh, Crypto Stamus had missed most of the space, but any uh, mention of mobs integration. So yeah, we're doing uh, a, an airdrop at the end of the month for mobs to get that caught up. And then we're uh, on the shorter term roadmap, we're looking at making a big improvement to Endless Dungeon 2.0 that I think is going to make mobs much more exciting and then in the conceptual phase, we're looking at new game modes um, that that have uh, 
mobs integration in them, like like a game mode that's sort of similar to like a base building uh, mode with like some tower defense mechanics um, with with mobs basically coming in and uh, and and wrecking the the base building that the raiders are trying to do. So we're looking at all sorts of game modes that, like that, but we're being patient and we're making sure we're also investing a lot of our resources into the core game because for mobs. To be successful, the game needs to be successful because if you have a mob in a game that uh, a year from now has a thousand players, that's not really exciting. Uh, but if if there's game modes and in the core game itself are attracting you know tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of players, then the things that we can do with mobs and um, the benefit uh, utility wise of holding mobs gets better and better. Um, and then we have Zoltan in the chat said, "Have you guys been talking about the role of Raider in the future of the game ecosystem?" Uh, has the idea behind it changed shifted since they raised venture capital? No, the, the idea behind it hasn't really changed or shifted since we uh, raised venture capital at all. Uh, but how we've been talking and thinking about Raider and the future of the game system, it, that conversation is definitely evolving. Um, it, it, it's, it's just been evolving since we've been growing the game um, and even more so in the past couple of months. But we're looking at Aurum as being like the, you know, in-game currency in the Crypto Raiders RPG game that is uh, basically the equivalent of gold, right? And we're looking at Raider as being the utility token and the governance token in, in the ecosystem that allows you to um, get, get more like permanent access to things or to be able to buy into potentially new game modes or new games that we build. But Raider is going to be integral to... Um, all of that, but like an example, when we're talking about player owned buildings, right? Like the, the leasing system in player owned buildings, right. Uh, would, would be, uh, in Raider. Someone would pay Raider to get that like kind of, you know, premier asset in the game. Um, a, a, another example would be like, um, if we eventually allowed players to own, um, dungeons, right. And have custom dungeon experiences where they could throw their mobs into the dungeon. They could upload their own tile set. Um, they could upload their own items, and those items uh, would get loaded into our eye level system. And uh, the the dungeon difficulty would be like calculated by the game. Um, and then players could do like you know cool experiences like that, um, you know something like that, you know to like you know own a dungeon in the game or to like lease a, a dungeon you know experience that would all be in Raider. Um, and then if we were to launch new game types or like game modes. Um, that may be in the Crypto Raiders ecosystem, but maybe like a separate game type. Um, we would have all of that flow through um, Raider as well. So, you know, Raiders, you know, sort of like a utility governance access token. Um, and and that, that position has been like, uh, you know, evolving over time. But um, I think there's all sorts of cool things that we can do with it and make it more and more integral to the growing Crypto Raiders ecosystem over time. Uh, but like once again, right now, um, you know, we're making sure that we're getting the core game better and then we need to make improvements to the tokenomics and the amount of emissions that are coming out of all of our tokens. We need to fix uh, and improve things like that. And then over time, you're going to see like how we integrate Raider as like the overarching utility governance access uh, token in the game. But that was a fantastic question. Um, let's see if there's. Um, we, got, we got one from Ferris about the combat log turning to a floating combat text. Um, yeah, I, I love that, Ferris. I, I think that visually is a lot cleaner and 
and looks great. The, the combat log, I, I definitely think could uh, use some improvement, improvement and or abandonment <laughs> for a better method. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then uh, <clears throat> uh, crypto stamina said, is the battle pass concept still a thing? Um, yes. The concept very much is still a thing. Like the whole, the whole model um, was built like similar to kind of like the Dota international model and we, we had to really put pause and pull the plug on it when the, the whole crypto market really unwound because it made the economics of the model not really um, work anymore. Um, but I think it's probably a good thing because I think when we want to we want to launch the, the battle pass when we have much more interesting combat uh, and, and things that we can give away in the game, like, you know, giving away a. a uh, amount for uh, you know a battle pass into a big tournament isn't super exciting if you can't actually go around the town of Portwin like in the mount. So I think having the crypto market make us put a pause on that move uh, will probably make it a more successful move when we do you know integrate it and bring it and bring it in. Uh, but yeah, the the battle pass thing is something that we're still very much considering. And and I was talking about like the battle pass for like the international tournament. You may be talking about like the battle pass where you can get like uh, more raids per week um uh in, in like you know basically like you know double up your character that's something that we're definitely uh still exploring as well um but yeah like right now we're just really looking at the whole thing just very soberly and the fact that like none of the, these changes none of this stuff like it really doesn't matter if the core game and the core ecosystem itself isn't successful and that's the number one problem that we have to solve through the Crypto Raiders core game and then like other game modes that we're looking at and exploring. All of those are going to tie into the Raider ecosystem. And through that, you're going to see all sorts of things like battle passes, Mintable and Raider, um, all sorts of stuff like that. But we have to get those game modes and those, and those game mechanics exciting where we're attracting new players. Uh, because at the end of the day, like uh, none of this stuff uh, will be successful if we just have you know two or three thousand players uh, logging in every day. Um, you know if if we're if that's happening in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four, then then we're struggling and we're we're going to have to start looking at throwing some you know like hail mary passes. So I think that just the number one thing the whole team is looking at is like how do we make a great game that attracts a lot of players that integrates well with web three and at the core is really, really, really fun to play. And I think that's something that, um, uh, you know, it, during the kind of crypto gaming, you know, mania we like got away from is like, you know, just thinking down to the basics uh, about games that are really, really fun to play. There's a new uh, company that joined web three gaming, actually. Um, it's a um, it's called Limit Break. You should look it up. Uh, this guy named Gabriel is the CEO. He used to be the CEO of Machine Zone, uh, which was like a very popular free to play gaming studio from like 2008 to 2020. And and he's been uh, saying a lot of great takes about Web3. First of all, he's super all in on Web3, which I think is huge for all of us that we're seeing like real studios with real big money web two success like going all in on web three that's huge for us but he's been saying like all sorts of interesting things that he's been noticing about web three and like one of the things is that he you know says that like at that you know end of the day um like you can't reverse engineer your way to a fun game and sometimes i feel like that's a lot of what we're trying to do sometimes in web three gaming we're like oh if we just make the runescape of this 
or, you know, we've said that a lot as a team, right? Or, you know, other teams are like, oh, if we just make the Pokemon of that, the sobering factor of the reality is, is that like people want to play new, exciting, engaging stuff. Uh, a lot of people on our team have been playing Cult of the Lamb. I'm sure some of you listening in have played Cult of the Lamb as well. Like that's just a beautiful example of like a game that's just really fun to play. And they like mash an action RPG together with like a base building thing, sort of similar to what V Rising did, which is also a very popular indie game that released a couple of months ago. But like we're trying to learn more from like the Web 2 studios than what we're currently seeing in Web 3. Because like at the end of the day, what matters is, is that we make something that's really fun to play and people want to participate in. If we solve that, if we create those experiences, then everything else in the ecosystem uh, the problems just get easier to solve and the solutions become like a lot more apparent um, versus like right now, um, you know, if we're, if we're trying to make small improvements to all of these different uh, uh, parts of the ecosystem, it, it, none of it's really going to make a long-term impact if like the core ecosystem, the core game itself doesn't grow. So like that's, I know that's a very long winded answer, but that, that's kind of like how we're looking at mobs Raider, improving the LP emissions, all of these different things is we want to take our time. We have a lot of time to make the right changes in place. And I don't mean we're going to take a year to get utility uh, or interesting things happening for Raider or to make a change to the LP emissions. Uh, it just means that we're like looking at these things uh, and being patient with them saying we need to fix and improve these things. And if we can do it in the next three months, like let's do it if we have the perfect solution. Um, but let's also really put most of the eyes and energy in the team on, on building the game out, making the game better because a rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah. The past few months have been a uh, really fun, you know, working on the game, man, just as we've really shifted as an organization in that mentality and, you know, and just gotten to this, this focus on building things of quality that will last over time that are going to be really fun and engaging for players uh, you know, versus the the hype cycle and, you know, pushing for just, you know, the quickest content release. Uh, it, it's just been a blast to work on and watching the the team over the past, you know, 90 days, um, really in particular over the past 45, just accelerate in their maturity and how they're looking at things and moving through that development pipeline uh, is, is really, really exciting um, from a, you know, nerdy management point of view. Totally. And like a lot of things I feel like that have been like released into the game over the past, like, two months like those are things that like we started working on in like february march april of this year when our team was just starting to work together and then us as managers were really trying to you know figure out the best operations and processes to do things um you know a lot of building great games is boring business work right and like processes and and meetings and checks and balances and making sure that we're uh taking projects and we're sectioning them out right and like, you know, a lot of these things is learning experiences for us, like along the way, but I completely agree. Like the last 45 days has been phenomenal. Like just the polish coming out, um, from, from every department is like really good. So, um, yeah, just, I, we really appreciate like everybody, like in the community, um, people that have been here since day one, people that just joined, there's, there's a lot of people that are, that are having fun and, and it, it's really great to hear, uh, from, you know, people like running the community that, you know, appreciate and see like, we're, we're, trust me, like if, if we, there's a lot of game quote unquote projects out there that we could have taken their route and, and it would have been, you know, way not easier and, and not morally better. Right. But there's just a lot of people that are like, Oh, we launched a project and uh, we ran it for three months and 
made millions of dollars and uh okay uh we're gonna go try something else like crypto raiders since day one like we've said that like this is something that we want to work on for years and it's and it's still the fact for us this is very much a job we we set up all of it so that you know uh you know matt and i and, and the other founders were we're we're not you know cashing out uh you know crazy amounts of money we're putting it all into the company because like we really want this to be successful this is a dream for us if we can be successful with crypto raiders and build video games and, and awesome things in web three for decades to come, that'd be an absolute dream. And every day we wake up with that, with that attitude. And so, you know, just if, if you all stick with us, what I can you know tell you is that we're just going to get better as a team. We're going to get more ambitious with the things that we want to do. We're going to keep pushing to be innovative. We're just going to keep getting better. And, and, you know, it's not all going to happen overnight, but, you know, every day we're trying to get better. And I think the the growth that we've had over the last, you know, three months has been really, really strong. Very well said, Nick. Couldn't agree with you more. I, I feel blessed, you know, every day to, to get up and work on Crypto Raiders. And, you know, the excitement just grows, you know, with every day. And, you know, so much of business is about, you know, getting the right people in the right places on the bus, right? And getting that the organization to a point where things flow. You know, we were we were talking the other day, you know, about like an executive kitchen, right? And, and the way that those run and how it takes, you know, people, you know, with passion, you know, commitment, hard work, uh, you know, and, and how they all work towards a common goal in this, this orchestra to produce a product, right? And, uh, you know, I, I really feel that we're maturing and getting to that point as a team. And it's just so exciting to see. And, uh, it's just invigorating when you get in that environment as, you know, it pushes itself forward, you know, in, in a very healthy way. Um, so, yeah, man, just excited and love the community. You know, it's been, an, you know, an awesome, it's crazy. It's been, you know, what, a year and two months already. Uh, you know, we've been working on Crypto Raiders with really the last, you know, nine months being full time. And uh, yeah, man, we're, we're just more, you know, uh, motivated than ever to continue yeah. to build a great game and, and move forward. It's funny, like a year ago, we were like, okay, we need to port to Polygon and okay, let's like make a, like a basic dungeon where you can walk through and you can just get loot at the end, like just a box opens and, and a little loot comes out and fast forward a year from now, it's like, okay, we got 20 meetings a week uh, to hash out all of the <laughs> different departments and things we're wanting to work on. But yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't change it for the world. And I think I saw one more interesting comment come in on uh, discord from uh, uh, Dadoy saying future request. Add mob training ground so I can make Hellfire Knight different from other players. I want to be able to train him specific stats and perhaps even pick his abilities. Would also help to keep an ever-changing meta as players can update their mob setup when the player meta changes. That's like a fantastic idea. And that's definitely uh, sort of in the same veins of like some of the ideas and things that we've been looking at. Where like basically people could stake their mobs, like you said, to uh, like a training ground and players could interact or battle with them and potentially like level up certain things. So like one example, Dad Doy, would be like if you were able to battle or bribe or do some interaction with the mob and maybe they don't change your abilities or your talents, your items, but maybe you get like a, like a mob gem, right? That you can socket into an item and it has like unique flavor um, and you can only get those types of, you know, gem sockets from mobs. Like those are all sorts of integrations that uh, we think would be awesome and we want to add into the game. Uh, like mobs was kind of like uh, uh, an idea that like I had way back in the day and I still think it's such a cool idea and you can see like when we talk about player owned buildings in the town of Portwin like when we're looking like years ahead we see like this ecosystem 
where like the players really control everything sort of like an Eve online, right. Where we're really as a team, just controlling like the input and output of base materials and what drops in dungeons and the, like the players are really in charge of the rest. Um, it's just like, you know, prioritizing getting those things there. We're working on a big uh, hire, uh, uh, hiring process right now to get um, a, a pretty legit uh, group of individuals that have, have built some great Unity games to join our team and help us like accomplish more. So, um, you know, some of the things is like we're just trying to continue to expand and get more resources on the team so that we can knock out and like increase the amount of things that we can like put out. But there's all sorts of amazing ideas to just add cool integration with mobs and, you know, make them uh, more native to the gameplay. Um, but it's just juggling that with like also making sure that we build like a great core game itself. But yeah, we got tons of ideas. Uh, the next, we got four and a half months basically until the end of 2022 and then it's into 2023. So we have a lot we want to accomplish uh, into, into the uh, end of this year. And then like really excited as we get into Q1 of 2023 to unveil some of the bigger plans and stuff that we've been working on um, at Crypto Raiders. And I think it's really going to excite the community. We're just trying to get better about under promising and over delivering and not just like throwing out like, oh, like we may do this in the future. And instead, you know, being very concrete and like delivering on our promises. Um, because like during the bull run, we kind of got carried away with just all of these things that we could do. And now we're, we're getting a lot better at like understanding, uh, you know, what we can bite off and what we can chew and, and, and just continue to build a great game. So yeah, really, really appreciate everybody hopping in and, and listening to us talk. And we're going to do more of these, uh, like, you know, every couple of weeks and just make it Twitter spaces uh, for a multitude of reasons. One is we want to start doing uh, like Twitter spaces where we co-host with other games and other projects out there and, and use this this time where we talk about the game with our community to also help grow our community um, as well. Uh, and then one more closing thought. Hefe said, did you try yourself entropia universe to see from the inside its economy to get uh, insights i haven't yet i've well, watched some youtube videos um i've also been watching youtube videos on eve online economies there's like lots of uh fascinating things going there but i'll try to get in there and actually try it um i know you've said some great things and some other people in the community as well um but yeah we'll wrap up here thanks so much everybody for tuning in i uh, hope you have a great friday and uh in into the weekend thanks for coming out everybody Tammy for life.